Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. I received a call later, uh, late in the week, from uh, Father Nicholas, Father John. You're going to be with us on Sunday? Yes. You're giving the homily? Yes. You can't talk about baptism. And <laughs> I, uh, maybe I talked too much about baptism last time. So I won't talk about baptism today. I'll talk about marriage today. Already talked about marriage? (laughs) The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You're right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and he whom you have now is not your husband. This you truly said. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. I guess so. St. Nikolai says, Quote, The conversation between the Lord and the Samaritan woman is a conversation between God who is faithful and the faithless soul. This conversation has meaning for you. It is a conversation between the heavenly bridegroom and his bride, the human soul. End quote. God who is faithful. Could we ask the the question, um, has God ever been unfaithful? Has God ever been uh, unfaithful to His creation? Unfaithful to the nation of Israel? Unfaithful to the city of Jerusalem? Unfaithful to the church? God is always faithful. But how many times and in manifold ways has His bride been unfaithful? His creation has been unfaithful. The nation of Israel, unfaithful. The city of Jerusalem, unfaithful. The church, in as much as she has conformed herself in human history to the fallen world, unfaithful. And the human soul towards her maker, unfaithful. And so let us uh, examine for just a few minutes the manifold ways in which the Almighty God, our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ, is understood in the Holy Scriptures as the husband of the bride. God in creation as husband and wife. The prophet Isaiah says, Isaiah 54, 5, For your maker 
is your husband, the Lord of hosts, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, and He is called God over the whole earth. And St. Paul says, perhaps coming off of this very scripture in Romans 3, or is is He the God of the Jews only? Is He not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. So God and creation is husband and wife. God and the cosmos. God and the universe. God and Israel are husband and wife. The prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. God and Israel, husband and wife. Christ and the church, husband and wife. Ephesians 5, St. Paul speaks to the Ephesian church. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. And you're, you know this verse. This is a great mystery, he concludes. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Christ and the church, husband and wife. The Lamb of God and the city of Jerusalem, husband and wife. Isaiah 62, For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness, and her salvation as a lamp that burns. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Ezekiel speaks, the prophet Ezekiel speaks to the city of Jerusalem. Ezekiel 16, you are an adulterous wife that takes strangers instead of her husband. Revelation 21, Christ the husband speaks to the new Jerusalem, his bride. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, 
And He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people. God Himself will be with them and will be their God, and He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And then He who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And He said to me, Write. For these words are true and faithful. The Lamb of God and the city of Jerusalem, husband and wife. The marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb of God. Christ says in Matthew chapter 22, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son, and he sent out his servants to call for the wedding, and they were not willing to come. And again, he said to the other servants, Tell those who are invited, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fatted cattle are killed, and all is ready. Come to the wedding. Revelation 19, chapter 19. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and the sound of many thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give Him glory, for the marriage supper of the Lamb has come and His wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of of the saints. <clears throat> Please forgive me, a sinner, with the uh, words and exhortations which follow. I condemn myself. And so please don't judge these words based on the lack of moral purity of this poor sinner. But let the truth of the words speak for themselves. In our day and time, it has been proposed that marriage should be contracted between males and males, between females and females. However, the mystery of the bride and the bridegroom is not simply something poetic that St. John or St. Paul or some other biblical author made up, but as you can see through these biblical images and visions, both in the Old and the New Testament, a cosmic mystery, a cosmic relationship, the relationship of God to the universe, the relationship of Jehovah God, Yahweh, to the nation of Israel, of Christ to the church, which is reflected and can only be reflected, humanly speaking, in the male and female relationship of one husband and one wife. Male and male cannot express that mystery. Female and female cannot express that mystery and the sexual relationship between a man and a woman in holy matrimony is to express that mystery. 
and all other sex outside of that context does not express that mystery. Not only does this false type of matrimonial union fail to manifest the biblical images of God as husband, but it does not and cannot fulfill the commandment of God to be fruitful and multiply. Whether or not the society in which we live recognizes such unions and calls them marriage or legalizes them as marriages, from the perspective of the kingdom of God, not of this world, the church, the bride of Christ, they are not marriages, since marriage is by definition the maker and the cosmos Jehovah and Israel, the Lamb and Jerusalem, Christ and the church, the bridegroom and the bride, the husband and the wife, male and female. But same-sex unions are not the only unions which fail to manifest these biblical images of God as the faithful husband to his creation and the pure, the pure bride. For instance, fornication, that is, heterosexual sex before marriage, does not express the mystery of Christ and the church, husband and wife. For the same reason, heterosexual sex outside of marriage after the death of a spouse or after a, a divorce does not express the mystery of Christ and His church. And I say this because many divorced people simply justify marriage or sex outside of marriage as okay because they're no longer virgins. They're experienced, to use a euphemism, They've been married before, so what's the big deal? In other words, there is no mystery. And they fail to see or understand or even care to enter into the mystery of Christ, the bridegroom, the husband, and the church, the bride, the wife. Sex with oneself does not express that mystery. Sex with an imaginary partner does not express that mystery. Sex with a pornographic image or video does not express that mystery. Even sex within marriage between a man and a woman does not express that mystery automatically. And we have to struggle spiritually to enter into that mystery. And the sacrament of holy matrimony makes it possible, but not probable, and certainly not automatic. And a true follower of Jesus Christ could do nothing else but imitate Christ in His singular fidelity and the church in her singular fidelity.
By now, some may be asking, Father John, what, if anything, does this have to do with Mother's Day? (laughs) Well, perhaps it has everything to do with Mother's Day. I rather suspect that if the mothers present here were to be polled, they would say that these situations of this fallen world quite graphically describe what they have to deal with and pray about every day of their lives. What better gift could we give to our mothers on this day, whether living or departed, than the gift of repentance from our sins and to imitate the repentance of our venerable mother, the holy martyr, Fotini. Go and call your husband. And after their conversation about the Messiah, the Maker, Jehovah, Lamb of God, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Bridegroom, the one and only Husband of our souls. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. And so let us pause for a moment. And take this final exhortation from St. Nikolai as a kind of self-examination, a spiritual inventory of sorts, before we approach the chalice this morning to receive the precious body and blood of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ in repentance and confession. St. Nikolai says that Jesus deliberately held this conversation with the woman about her husband because, quote, It has something to say to you, O Christian soul, to you and to all the souls that God has created from the beginning to the end of the world. The question about your spouse, O soul, is the most important question for you, the most important and fateful question. Whosoever's partner you are, you are that person's wife. If your partner is the world, you will be destroyed with the world. If your partner is sin, with sin you will die. If your partner is the devil, you will be with him for all eternity. In all these cases, you will, day and night, be drinking a water that will make you more thirsty. Only if you acknowledge Christ as your Lord and your lawful husband and espouse yourself unto Him with faith and love, will you be drinking of living water from which you will not thirst and on which you will float into the heavenly kingdom of God. Jesus is speaking to us today, speaking to each individual soul, speaking to His bride, speaking to His church, Reminding our sick society and each of us individually that He is our husband 
We are His bride. And that it will never be any other way. Because from all eternity and unto the ages of ages, God is faithful and our same Lord and Husband, yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Christ is risen.